If you love sport, here's a smart way to stay up to date with sports of all sorts. Bookmark your mobile with the ABC Grandstand website. Grab your mobile, visit abc.net.au slash grandstand and set the mobile site as a bookmark. It's the smartest way to stay up to date with comprehensive sports coverage from around the world. Plus, you can listen to Francis Leach for breakfast Friday to Monday every week. abc.net.au slash grandstand on your mobile. Across Australia. You are with Grandstand. This is The Dribble on ABC Grandstand Digital. I think these people are getting their money's worth tonight. All your NBL, WNBL and basketball news from around the world. He puts it in off the glass and he loves it. Takes on Davos and lays it home for two. Got it on its way. Oh, yet three. Out fast. Out to leash. Three points. That was an NBA three-pointer. And then some. Grandstand basketball. Warren with a fadeaway. Three. Grandstand. And the crowd stands. And this is the best performance for the whole year. This is The Dribble. The Dribble. On Grandstand Digital. Hello and welcome to The Dribble. Matt Clinch with you for Grandstand as we run you through all the latest basketball news and scores. Shortly, Golden State Warriors and Boomers centre Andrew Bogut will join us. But let's whip you through the latest NBL scores. Last week, round eight, New Zealand had a big win at home, defeating the Melbourne Tigers 84-74. to Tom Abercrombie and Mika Vakona both with 14 points. Adelaide kept their winning streak going, now six wins in a row, defeating Wollongong 82-81. to Here are the closing stages with myself and Al Green. So it's a six-point ball game. Clark immediately with the inbound. 21 seconds on the clock and now Irving fouls Clark. Four team fouls for Adelaide. And we might be out of here by 12 o'clock. <laughs> starting to feel everybody, that way, everybody, isn't it? Everybody keep fouling. Everybody. 19 seconds to be played in this game. Still Adelaide by six. Clark with the jump shot. Good step back and hit it over the top of Johnson. Petrie to bring it back in. It's a four-point ball game. Now Martin fouls on Irving. And you're right. We're going to be here for a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. And he misses. Oh, and Irving misses the first. Yeah. I was going to say... The only thing from Adelaide's point of view, though, is he'd be happy with the ball in his hand. Yeah. He's missed the first, though, and misses the second. Petrie fights underneath the basket. Oh. Coming up with his Martin. It's a four-point ball game. Six seconds to play. Martin throws up the three. It doesn't go. Conrad pulls down the rebound. Martin will throw up another one. Foreman from the right corner. He Ooh. hits it, but it doesn't matter. Damn. Now it's on the scoreboard as counting. We'll get confirmation. Adelaide have won by one point if it counts. And it looks like it does. So Foreman with the three-pointer from the right-hand side. And that kind of summed up Wollongong's night a little bit. They hit a big three at the end, but yeah. where was that earlier? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they made crucial shots, especially um, Oscar, right? But at the same time, it wasn't enough. You know what I mean? If, if they would have made a lot of those shots, we, we got to look on the stats and see how many threes they've shot in this game and what was their percentage and i guarantee you if they lost by one point and if they shot if they make four or five of those threes it's a done game gary irving and daniel johnson both scored 14 points clark with 19 for the hawks 36's center luke shencher joined us after his 150th match they're going back at us in the end there but um yeah we hit some uh, crucial free throws and um yeah just just held off in the end <laughs> It was a funny sort of game. You led by seven points and then ten points, but you never really closed them out tonight. 
Yeah, um, I mean, they just kept on coming. They made some, some massive shots. I mean, they just kept knocking down the three. And um, I think we were lucky they missed a few open layups there. And, um, mm. yeah, we just uh, yeah we got away with it in the end. Yeah, and, and you're right, too. You are very lucky to get away with it. It was one of those games that we talked about this earlier before the game. I was looking at everybody's impressions of what they were doing as warming up. And they had the eye of the tiger. They, they only won two games. They knew they can come in here maybe steal one maybe steal one you guys are running hot you know five in a row this is a six one and you're at home but you know you have to take your hat off to them but you still have to take your hat off to you guys because you could have lost that game too yeah very we, easily lost that game yeah we definitely spoke about that before the game and during the week um that you know we beat perth out of the top team then we come right. against wollongong yeah. and um you know every game's exactly the same and you know um joey's saying every win's worth the same every loss is worth the same That's right. so um you know, we definitely spoke about that, and, uh, you know, we definitely were aware of it. And I think he would have went off on y'all, because he went off in early in the game when he said about your turnovers. You had four turnovers in the first three minutes of the game or four minutes of the game. He said you don't have that, uh, you know, even in the, at halftime. So it was out of character, and you could see that's the way the tempo of the game was going to go. They were going to hang around. You guys were going to drag along and say, look, we're going to win it at the end, and you're definitely wanted by one so <laughs> yeah. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't bring it no closer than that yeah exactly we knew yeah. we knew uh Wollongong were going to play that yeah. uh, kind of style and junk it up and um you know make us take us out of our run and gun yeah. type of game so they did a good job of that and yeah. um you know we just stuck it out yeah Luke Shencher chatting there for the Hawks it was what could have been Oscar Foreman dropped by to give us an insight into a frustrating loss yeah you know like a couple of defensive breakdowns in that last quarter that really hurt us and uh offensively we just missed a few layups Gruber missed a, yeah. a dead easy layup I missed a shockingly easy layup and you know it comes back to bite yeah. you in the ass like yeah. this you know, we were right there. It's tough to play here in Adelaide. Tough when they're playing on a roll like they are. Yeah. And when you lose a game purely because you can't make the simplest shot in basketball, this, mate, this, you can't be more pissed at yourself. And, and, and like you say, too, it was four of them. Yeah. It was four of them. It's not like, okay, I missed one or we missed one. But like you said, it was four. Didn't. And then you're looking at your threes. You, you shot a lot of threes, right? And But you know something? To, to your credit and to be honest with you, they were open. A lot of them, especially in the beginning, you, you know, I don't know what Adelaide was thinking or it was about two feet off you guys and you were having wide open shots. So if I know I'm coaching, I'm saying, yo, hey, if we're going to give them that and they making them or they miss them, that's a good shot. Yeah. So but then you put that in a scenario. Y'all shot 30 something percent early and you shot, what, 30 something in one time. And yeah, it's. Yeah, it, it bites you. That's another thing that bites you in the bum at the end of it when you get open looks and you're not making them as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I know personally myself, I had a bunch of threes early on, just yeah. could not hit a thing, yeah. you know, until I, you know, slowed down, took my time and made one, yes. and then things started going. Um, Reese, Reese was hitting his early. Yeah. But it's, yeah, just those, man, all I can think about right now is layups. Yeah. That, that's all, <laughs> to be honest. So that's all you that's say. in my head. <laughs> and I, just, I don't want to see footage of it. I don't want to see anything because I just know it was just yeah. an easy layup and I got caught between two mines of flushing it and, and laying it up yeah. and being safe. And in the end, I took the stupid option. Oscar Foreman chatting there. The other results for round eight, Perth defeated Cairns, 85-75. to 75. James Ennis top scoring with 33 points. While in Melbourne, the Sydney Kings narrowly got the points against the Tigers, 67-63. to 63. Sam Young top scoring 
with 27 points. So the latter at the end of the round, Perth on top with just the one loss so far. Adelaide two games further back. From Sydney in third position, five wins and four losses. They're three games behind Adelaide. New Zealand in fourth position, four and six. Likewise to the Melbourne Tigers. Townsville three and five. And Cairns and Wollongong both two and eight. This week in the National Basketball League, round nine, Townsville host Adelaide on Friday night, Perth take on New Zealand, Wollongong host Sydney, Adelaide back it up taking on Cairns on Saturday night, and the Melbourne Tigers host New Zealand on Sunday. In the WNBL, round nine last weekend, Logan thrashed West Coast 88-44, to Tegan Cunningham with 19 points, Bendigo made it 10 in a row, defeating Adelaide 78-65, to Christy Harrower rewinding the clock with 24 points, Sydney Uni were too strong for Canberra, 81-68. to Alicia Poto leading the scorers with 19 points there. Townsville also had a big win against the West Coast Waves, 95-67. to Michaela Cox with 22 points. Dandenong had a big win over crosstown rival Melbourne, 72-57. to Jenner O'Hay with 19 points, while the Boomers bounced back, defeating Adelaide on Sunday, 85-71, to with Tess Madgen with 25 points. This week, Melbourne take on Bendigo. That's the uh, ABC TV game on Saturday. Sydney Uni take on Adelaide on Saturday night. Logan and Townsville also on Saturday night. And the West Coast Waves taking on Dandenong. Then on Sunday, it's Logan facing Townsville. So if we have a look at the ladder, Bendigo continue to lead out in front in the WNBL. They're 10-1, and just the one loss so far this season. It happened in the first round against uh, Townsville in the grand final rematch. Then Dandenong and Melbourne, 8-3. and three. Townsville make up the top four, 6-4. and four. Then Sydney, 5 wins, 6 losses from Adelaide, 5-7. and seven. Canberra, 4-8. and eight. Logan, 3-7. and seven. And the West Coast Waves, 1-11. and 11. Coming up next on The Dribble, we'll be joined by Boomers and Golden State Warriors centre, Andrew Bogut. For the latest sports results and broadcast schedule, visit abc.net.au slash grandstand. Each weekend, ABC Grandstand brings you all the action of the A-League. But if you missed all the action from your side's last round, never fear. We've got you covered with A-League replays. Grandstand Digital Replay. Replay. Tune in for full match replays every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday on Digital Radio ABC Grandstand. Grandstand Digital. For broadcast details on Grandstand's coverage of the A-League, check out the Grandstand broadcast schedule online. Hi, I'm Todd Blanchfield from the Crocs. Hope you're enjoying the weekly dribble on Grandstand Digital Radio. Well, Andrew Bogut, Centre for the Golden State Warriors, can join us on Grandstand. Uh, Andrew, thanks as always for your time. No worries. Uh, firstly, congratulations on the new contract early in the year and setting up your future for the next three years at Oakland. You must be thrilled. Yeah, it's great. Just a bit of security. Um, pro sports is not a lot of security, so it's nice to, um, to get locked up. It doesn't mean I can't be traded in the near future, but uh, it's always good to, to have an extra three years on the deal. And in terms of that security, I'm not having to wait till the end of the season. I guess you've experienced that with Milwaukee, the the nature of professional basketball and the possibility that you can go anywhere at any time. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's a little bit of a different beast to what what uh, everyone's used to in Australia. Um, yeah, you can get traded with a with a phone call, and you get uh, you got to be within the next city within 24 hours. So it's pretty uh, pretty quick and ruthless. Um, but that's that's also what makes it you know very exciting for the fans. I guess the other part of um, of basketball in the, the U.S. is the amount of games you play in short succession. A great win over Sacramento and a nice block from you right at the end to um, to get the crucial win on the road. Yeah, yeah good, to, good to sneak by. We've been, uh, we've been struggling a little bit lately with our form. Um, a lot of injuries and dealing with a lot of different things. But uh, we were up big in that game and they made a run towards the end. But, you know, we held on, which was, uh, which was good. 
You battled with DeMarcus Cousins for most of the night. Um, is it the obvious names who have been your toughest opponents so far throughout the season? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, he's a, he's a great player, but probably, probably um, had a couple of, couple of guys that, that have been very, very good. But, you know, with, with the NBA, I mean, every night there's there's two or three superstars on every team, so it, it, it does, get, does get tough. But um, DeMarcus had a, had a very good game yesterday, but we, uh, we got the win, so it's the most important thing. You had your challenges from injury from day one last season with the ankle. Um, how is the body now? And it's great to see you um, getting closer towards your best. Yeah, it's been great. Um, dropped a ton of weight in the off season. Um, got my body right. I think the most important thing was I, got, I actually got some rest um, and come back in and got through my full training camp. Felt great, and I, I knew I'd, I'd be fine once the season's pulled around. So we're twenty games in now, and you know the body's the body's doing very well. For most people who probably don't know the life of a, an NBA basketball, just tell us how much time you you spend on rehab and, and trying to sell, get yourself up from game to game. Yeah, well, rehab for me is a, a daily a daily thing, um, as it is for um, for most guys. You know, most guys are carrying a needle throughout throughout the season, something corky, uh, sprain, sprained ankle, sprained wrist, whatever it may be. So um, you always you know um, got a lot of ice on different parts of your body. Uh, we get massage when we can, physio, stretching, uh, cold bath. Um, you name it, they, any, any, basically any contraption they can buy to try to help our bodies, they, they buy for us. We, uh, we have quick turnarounds for games, so we've got we to gotta look after our bodies. And obviously such a great success last season, um, finishing sixth in the Western Conference. Not many people gave you much of a chance against Denver, but you stitched them up and then uh, unfortunately eventually lost to San Antonio. When you reflect upon the events of last season, and given for most of the starters it was their first playoff experience, um, what do you take away from that experience? Well, it's invaluable playing in those games. It's a whole different ball game to, to the regular season. The intensity lifts the referees, let guys play a little more. It's much more physical, um, and the pressure's greater. And you know, every every arena sold out. So we, we experienced that. And I think all good teams experience that early on in their development. And, and we're kind of early in our development now, and hopefully, use this as a tool to just get better and better. And I guess, given success like that last year, their expectations are high again this year. How's it been dealing with them, and and obviously starting the season um, after about ten games so far? Well, yeah, everyone expects us to win the championship this year. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the way it goes in the NBA. But uh, we're, we're building. Uh, we, like I said, we've, we've had some struggles with some injuries. Um, we lost a couple of guys early on, um, guys in and out of lineups. So whenever whenever you start a season with inconsistency um, in your lineups, it, it doesn't help. Uh, we're four through it. We're above 500. We're 10 and 8 right now, as I speak, and and we're trying to build on this. But um, it's, it's a little different to last season. Last season, like you said earlier, we were the underdogs, so we snuck up on a lot of teams. Um, now, you know, we're the top dogs, so a lot of teams are coming in, coming into our home place, or, or we're going there and then giving us their best shot. Golden State Warriors are a great side to watch. You've got Steph Curry, who can not only shoot from anywhere but drive. Clay Thompson, who's a great outside shooter, and throw in David Lee back to full fitness, and Andre Iguodala, who you picked up in the off season. I guess to compare this with some of the teams you played with at Milwaukee, is this one of the best sides you've been a part of? Oh, this yeah, hands down, hands down. Um, you know, we never had had this much talent on one team in Milwaukee. We had, we had some 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 teams that played very team, very good team basketball in Milwaukee, but as far as talent goes on a roster, um, this is the best team we've been a part of. Mark Jackson and his role as the coach. Um, what's your relationship with like with him? It seems like you have a, a great connection. I think everyone does. I mean, it's hard not to like Mark Jackson. He, uh, he's a people person. He, he makes an effort to make sure that um, he has the same relationship with each and every player. Um, he, he jokes around. He, he, he's you know almost the opposite of what a head coach uh, should be off the court, which is great. You know, he's actually uh, hangs around us in the locker room, eats with us. Um, you don't you don't ever really see that in the NBA. I mean, it's much more. 
Um, you basically just see the coach on on, on tra- training and at games, and, and you don't really hang out with them off the floor, but you actually get to know um, our coach. It, it makes a big difference, and I think guys respect him much more for that. In terms of some of the other teams you've been at, I guess to compare Jackson, and it sounds like just his, his character, having been around basketball for a long time, worked on both sides of the fence in the media as well. Um, he just understands how to, to work with a developing group. 100%. And he's, he's, uh, he's actually a pastor as well. So he's um, a <laughs> pastor at, his, at a local church in LA, I think, where he, where, where he lives in the off-season. And it definitely helps with his speaking because he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a very, very good public speaker and a very good motivational speaker. Um, he gives some of the all-time classic pre-game speeches I've heard in the NBA, which is, which is great. <laughs> Brilliant. Andrew Bogut's our guest on Grandstand. You recently turned 29. Um, I guess when you get closer to a milestone such as the big 3-0, you probably get closer to reflecting as to your journey and arriving in the NBA. Um, what have you learned about not only yourself, but the competition itself? Well, it's tough. It's, it's dog-eat-dog. It's a, it is, uh, unfortunately, the cliche of it's a business plays very, very true, and I can relate to that. Um, you know, you want to go out there and perform, but at the same time, Sometimes decisions are made that, that make you scratch your head. Um, I'm sure a lot of guys out there will sometimes look at trades and say, wow, like one team got screwed or one team got the better end of that deal. But there's actually much more um, involved when you get really integral with it. You know, finances, uh, draft picks, you know, saving money long term. So once you figure that out, it, it, it's definitely a dog-eat-dog world in the NBA. Um, but now that I know that, I just enjoy it you know, as I can. You've set up a training base in Melbourne in, in the Dandenong, so when you do come back to Australia, you've got somewhere to set up. But I guess the expectation is during the off-season that you are there training with um, some of the guys from your team. Do you, do you still miss home? Do you miss Melbourne regularly? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I definitely do, um, especially this time of year where it's, where it's getting beautiful there in uh, Melbourne and in Australia in general. And, um, you know, America's given a lot to me, um, my basketball career and, and, and for, you know, Playing in the best, the best league in the world is, is over here in, in, in the states. But um, I, I, I could probably never call it home. Um, you know, home is where, where the heart is, and I still, I still, you know, miss Australia every day. But right now, you know, um, I'm, I'm over here, so I got to kind of. This is my adopted home, but I do, uh, I do think about Australia. You know, at least once a week, I'm thinking about different things, whether it's food or friends or culture, and it does, uh, it does still get to me. I still, I still get homesick. Um, you know, this is, you know, my tenth, eleventh year now in, in the states. Uh, one of the things that have changed probably since you first started in the NBA is we've got a few more Australians competing. Um, Brett Brown is the coach of Philadelphia and Patty Mills and Aaron Baines at San Antonio throwing Matt Delavadova at Cleveland. Do you get a chance to chat to them when you do play them or occasionally see them uh, on away games? Yeah, try to catch up. Um, it's, it's real hard though. You know, like when we go, so we go to San Antonio and play them, we'll get in the night before and, and they might be playing that night somewhere else. So um, the, the circus of, of the schedule of the NBA just really doesn't allow you to do a whole lot of catching up. Um, we'll see each other on the court you know, before a game or warming up or whatever. We'll have a quick chat, but uh, that's basically the extent of it. You're quite passionate about following basketball back here in Australia. You use Twitter to keep across what's happening in the National Code. There was almost a, a set of circumstances with the lockout where you could almost played, but um, how important is you just, to still have that link with basketball back here in Australia? Well, I have a lot of friends playing in the NBL first and foremost, and a lot of a lot of people that I, I grew through the junior ranks with, um, on, on whether I played against them or, or with them. Um, so I, I try to always check on, you know, how they how they're doing, um, how, what numbers they're putting up, and a lot of friends are obviously coaching the league right now too. So I, I try to keep tabs with it. I know that um, it's it's changed regimes again. It's gone back to to you know to a privately run. Um, league, uh, which I think is for the better, um, and hopefully it'll just get better and better. I know a couple of teams are really 
booming Perth for one. I mean, to get 10,000 a game is absolutely fabulous. Um, but there's still some markets that need work. You've had some, some horrible injuries, unfortunately, over the journey. Where, where does that put you in terms of the, the national side? We've got the World Cup next year in Spain and obviously the Olympics in Rio a year later. Uh, well, let me get gone for me, the Olympics. Um, you know, unfortunately, people aren't going to like it, but the World Championships are unlikely for me. Um, as you mentioned earlier, the big three has is about to hit. I'm almost 30 years of age. I had some uh, two um, injuries that I was told were career-ending at the time, um, and I fought through both of those, and I'm still playing. So I think you know I need to be very, very smart. I don't have long left playing basketball, I don't think. Um, I think probably five, six, seven, eight years at max. Um, so I need, to, I need to try and prolong that career, and that, that's going to mean being smart in the off-season and... I know the benefits of, of what I did last off-season with, with rest, number one, and, and two, doing the proper rehab and training has made me feel 110% better than I've ever felt in the NBA. So uh, the, world, the World Championships are, are very, very unlikely at this point. Uh, but I definitely you know, want, want, want to play for Australia in 2016. You, you mentioned the two serious injuries you had, which could have been career-ending. Um, how much is the mental side of um, having a support group around you, friends that keep you positive when you, you do have injuries like that, or even little niggles along the journey? I was kind of the opposite. You know, for me, um, I probably handled it the wrong way. When I was hurt, I, I really didn't want to talk to anybody because everyone would ask the same question. So um, it, it gets tough. It's it's probably the physical part of it is one thing, the mental part is the other. And, and I still feel my ankle, I think, uh, I don't really think about that as much. The elbow um, that I broke in 2010 and basically... Uh, the, you know, pretty much decapitated my own arm um, off the basket. It, it, it uh, yeah, it's, that's one that still bothers me, and, and it's still a mental thing. You know, my um, shooting touches has uh, has really diminished because of it, and I've, I've worked through it. I, I put hours in off season, and it, it just it just doesn't get can't get back to the level that it was. But um, fighting through it um, mentally and physically, and the road that I've taken to get to this point in my career has been a, a very rare, rare one, um, and I'm, I'm pretty proud that I've, I've tried to fight through it. I could have, I could have given up a couple of times. Yeah, the elbow is a horrific injury. I'm sure you'd be right within your rights to turn away if it if it comes on the TV. Uh, in terms of life away from basketball, um, you've got a couple of businesses which you're involved in, and, and a keen interest in cars. What what keeps you sane away from the basketball court? Uh, all those things. I'm studying right now as well. I'm doing a a couple of courses online. Um, uh, I have, you know, a sports management company. With, uh, myself, my partner Bruce Cater in Melbourne, uh, one management group, and and I have a, uh, a a basketball academy for generally from kids to teens. Um, Andrew Berger Basketball, which is which is in the southeast suburbs in Caram Down. So um, uh, between between basketball and getting home in the off season, I'm, I'm pretty pretty very very busy, and I kind of enjoy enjoy doing different things and learning from different people. And what are you studying? Uh, finance, funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> How do you go with the numbers? Um, not a not a not a huge maths maths guy, but um, I'm just trying to you know learn how to best best invest my money, and I've, I've learned a lot in the past year just studying it. And it was always something I wanted to do. I, I don't want people um, managing you know my affairs my whole life. Um, obviously, when I first got into the NBA, I've been paying a, a financial advisor and accountant and whatnot, and I want to get to a point in my life where I can I can do all that myself. Good stuff. Uh, one of the great initiatives the Warriors did at the start of the season was they actually um, put up online on YouTube one of their season launches and it had training sessions and also you conducting a bit of a presentation to the new recruits. In terms of, um, of, of Golden State being a family away from a family, do you spend a lot of time with those guys off the court as well? Uh, we do. I mean, we have no choice. So you you want to you wanna like each other, otherwise you're going to be in deep trouble. Um, we... We fly three to four hours each road trip because we're we're on the far west coast, so all our trips are a minimum of 
hour and a half, two hours, up to up to five, six hours. So you're on each other all, all, all that flight. Um, then you're on the bus to the hotel. Then you're on the bus to the arena. Uh, practices in the morning, games at night. So we get along pretty well. We have we have a very young group. Um, we have a couple of older veterans. Our coaches are great. I think we genuinely enjoy being around each other, and that's a very underrated value in pro sports and, and, and the NBA. If, if guys genuinely like being around each other, you're going to have success um, over, over the more talented teams that don't like each other. And in terms of your own improvement, we've seen your strength at the defensive end, I guess, as the confidence comes back in the body. Is the offensive end the other area you'll continue to work at? Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm not going to be a you know a 20 point scorer or a 15 point scorer on this team. It's just it's just not realistic with the names that you mentioned earlier with Steph, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and and David Lee. They get most of the touches, which I'm fine with. I mean, I'm at the turn of my career and I understand my role in this team. For us to be successful, I need to rebound, set screens, and and block shots and command the paint. Um, there will be nights where I score the ball, but it's it's not going to be a consistent thing for me. Um, I definitely understand that we have two of the best shooters in the world on our team. So the more shots they take, the better we'll be. Andrew, it's always great to chat. Congratulations on the start of the season so far and best of luck for the Warriors for the rest of the year. No drama, cheers. Thanks for having me. Golden State Warriors centre Andrew Bogut joining us on The Dribble. That's all we've got time for on this week's program. Don't forget you can get in contact with us via Twitter at ABC Grandstand and at Matt underscore Clinch. Until next week, bye for now. <laughs>